right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Kings and Priests podcast. I'm here with the one and only Matthew Shackelford. Hello, what's Matt. What's up? What's going on, man? So Matt's a really, really good friend. We've been business partners. We've been buddies. We've traveled around the country building business together. We've, we've walked through it all. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited <laughs> to have you on the podcast. We've literally been trying to make this happen for like months and you're just, you know, you're too busy. Your schedule is like. It's just, man, I'm so busy. So every, every time I every time kids. I try and every time I try and get you on the show, you're on another vacation. You live on vacation. <laughs> I wish that was true. Um, it's definitely not true. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. We're okay. three hours difference. I have two kids. You only have one. Yeah, you're you're lagging a little bit behind, but mm-hmm. it's very it's, true. We made it happen. Here we are. I lag I lag a bit behind in every area of my life. It's the story of my life. I'm a late bloomer okay. across the board. <laughs> So, okay, I want to talk about uh, this current project you're working on that mm-hmm. is launching in a couple of months. But before, let's just get some backstory. Um, tell us about Conjure. So you are a pastor, uh-huh. local church pastor at mm-hmm. your church. You have been in well, like I'm not a senior pastor. Just a, no, you're not, a, you're not a senior pastor. You are a, what would you? I'm a pastor's husband. husband. You're a pastor's husband. You're, Aren't you? I, you are I, too. I know the feeling. We always talk about that. Same. We're the pastors. Our wives are awesome. We yes. married up for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but you have a business called Conjure that you started yep. um, kind of in crisis mode, actually. Uh, how long ago was that now? It's actually 10 years ago this month. Wow. Mm-hmm. 10 years ago, man. Isn't That's that incredible. Crazy? That's incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. Give us like the three minute story of how you started Conjure, what Conjure is, and, um, you know, the vision behind that. Yeah, I mean... Because I think it, it will inform, I think it actually really does inform this other project that you're working on. Yeah, to a, so. I think to a degree it does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of layers to, like, how I how I started it. Um, and, and I tell this, like, when I am going to see... I've said this, told this version of the story... Um, when I've gone and seen clients or whatever, major companies, and they ask, like, how did I get started? And, you know, I, I've never been able to look somebody in the eye and remove the God element of, mm-hmm. like, starting this business. Um, I didn't really, like, it was like, I didn't start this business because I had a great idea. It was more like God was like, hey, it was like he almost sat me down, son. This is what you're gonna do. Yeah, you're gonna start this business. Like mm-hmm. good old like Texas dad, like sitting yep. me on his lap and saying, "This yep. is what you're gonna do, son." Uh, and that's kind of how it, it it started. Um, I had a I had a, a mentor of mine that was, um, he was my boss of the company I worked for at the time, and he was doing this this same kind of business. And uh, I ended up leaving that company. Um, for various reasons, just always wanted to work for myself, had no clue what I wanted to do. And so he kind of, um, recruited me to work, um, for the company that he started on the side or had on the side before he got hired as the head of marketing at the company that I was at. So he had a business that managed artists. Then he became our head of marketing at the brand I worked for and was doing both. 
Mm-hmm. And basically, like, I left um, the company I worked for, and he recruited me to come work for his artist management company. Mm-hmm. And, and when you say artist, artist management, it's like graphic designers, create like visual artists, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So, um, so anyways, he, he recruited me. Um, but because I had left that company, he actually never got clearance from our, the CEO of that, of the company that, that we work, that we both work for. And, and he told me he had clearance and all this stuff. So, um, I just trusted him cause I'm like, why would my mentor lie to me, um, that he hadn't got approval mm-hmm. and it wasn't mm-hmm. like, it was more like a good old boy, like baseball, like, you know, the unspoken rules of baseball kind of deal. Like, did he have to like get permission? No, he didn't. But like, you really want to, cause it'd be a conflict of interest. And, uh, so anyways, I started, I started recruiting all these artists for him and started working for him. And then, uh, I was at presence conference, uh, the, the conference Co- of C3 conference. church. Conference. Hey, hey, we were at presence conference, conference. and, uh, and he and I was you in want this to come meeting. To conference? I was in this in this meeting at, at the conference, and Presence is the C three global conference that uh, we used to run before COVID. Um, and I was sitting that, and and it's the closest thing I've heard to the audible voice of God, where He said, um, "You know what you're doing for Him, you're going to do for yourself." And I I actually laughed at God because I was like, I don't want to leave. He's my mentor. Like I love him. I don't want to leave him. And He's like. I was like, well, God, you'll have to open up every door. And it was kind of like, I don't know if you're allowed to say this, but like God was like, okay, hold my beer. Watch me. Mm-hmm. I'll open every mm-hmm. door and window that you need to go through. Um, yeah. Just trust me to walk through it. And and so basically um, a, a bunch of crazy things happened. I won't get into all of it. But three months later, June of 2012, I ended up like starting my own shop and started working with a couple artists and basically what what we do is um we do all the business logistics like helping like high-end graphic design talent so we're like the studio management partner the business partner Mm -hmm. for um and right now we we only work with four artists and designers uh, just for my sanity. <laughs> yeah. Like it's about yeah, all I really want to do. You've, you've scaled it. There's been times we've brought it back down. Everything you've done is very intentional. Yeah. Right? We've just scaled sort of, it. We've scaled it to like 10 or 15 at, mm-hmm. at times. Um, you and I work together doing that, mm-hmm. like manage artists, did business development and, uh, it's very stressful. Like the bigger yeah. this business gets, the more stress it, it, it brings, but the, it doesn't necessarily bring more. The ROI, the ROI on the, the ROI on it is, is yeah. It doesn't scale, so it's actually mm-hmm. you're you're better off keeping it small and nimble. Um, for me, the way I yep. the way I want to run it because I don't want to be stressed out all the time. So I want to we handle really all the quickly, negotiating and all that. Yeah, yeah. So really quickly, so the people that listen to this podcast, um, a lot of them do lifestyle businesses. A lot of them are trying to figure out how to turn a side mm-hmm. hustle into a full time job. I think in the world of like entrepreneurship content these days, it's all about like building the next unicorn, the next hundred X (laughs) company. Right. Um, Like, unless you're going to change the world, you know, don't bother building the business. And, (laughs) and, and like, but I know you. Steak and potatoes, cash flow businesses don't seem to be very in, in, in fad right now. Yeah. But what, what's cool about what you've done is like, you've been able to build like a very, essentially for the most part uh zero overhead <laughs> other than you 
My house, yeah. <laughs> in your house business. Um, and have managed to build like a really strong lifestyle business that's allowed you mm -hmm. to like still be super involved. Go on vacation all the your time. Your kid's life, be on vacation all the time. Um, and uh, you've been able to like actually pull the right levers as the years change and as the seasons change for it to best serve you. Um, I don't know, like just give me like a quick minute long explanation on maybe, maybe that's why like the first step someone needs to take. I think people think like, I'm gonna go start a thing, it's gonna be $30 million business. And it's almost like, maybe this is a great first step for some people to find a problem to solve that will allow them to build a good life and, um, you know, work for themselves. Yeah, I, I think for me, it comes down to, if anyone asks, this is kind of what I tell them, like, I think there's a couple layers. I think figure out what, what you enjoy doing. I think James Clear had a letter, a uh, quote about that in his newsletter today. Like if, if along the lines of if, if you're doing what you love, it won't feel like work kind of deal. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. find what you love doing because what you love doing is probably what God has graced you to do. And he's gifted you to do that. So pursue that. And then I find like, if you're, if you're pursuing what you love to do and what you're grace to do and what you're passionate to do, um, you'll work hard at it and it'll also come naturally easy compared to people who aren't graced to do that thing. And I think if you become really good at it and you work hard at it, um, you'll become an expert at it and mm -hmm. people will pay you for your expertise. Yeah. And so I think people are, too many people are getting into businesses um, just because of the financial upside, mm -hmm. but the financial upside in that business doesn't line up with, um, their skill set and their passion, right. and even like God-given gifting, and you aren't limited by those things. But God, like it really helps to swim with the current if you mm -hmm. can. Like, why yeah. swim upstream if you don't have yep. to? Mm -hmm. um, and I think you see anyone who's doing success in business or success in uh, tech or real estate or whatever, it's because there's probably a lot of natural proclivities they have within that those lends areas well to that business right. right so then you match the thing that they're naturally gifted to and the thing that um they're pursuing and it's like boom they found that it's kind of like you know dean talks all the time about product market fit it's like what's the personal product market fit for your life mm -hmm. and the problem is you know you have i'm sorry but you have like idiots like gary v out there like that, that run their mouth and just say, Hey man, hustle, hustle, hustle. Right. Like just, just do, just do, just hustle, just hustle, just marketing, marketing, marketing. And it's like, yep. well, man, if you're not wired that way, you're right. going to be miserable and you're probably right. not going to succeed. And you're going to feel yeah. like an idiot and a loser and a failure. Right. So yep. what good does that? So if, if, if you're like, if you're wired, like Gary V man, go listen to Gary V. Mm -hmm. But if you're not like, it's okay to like, not have to be like, Gary B. Right. Yeah. And I'm I mean, you don't want to make, you, you know, you don't, you don't want to want you don't want to make vlogs every day and, uh, um, you know, no, I, and I don't want to grift my parents' wine business. <laughs> Shackelford coming in with the hot takes. I don't know much about Gary V. He's a brother in the Lord. Is he? I don't know. So, okay. Uh, one other thing on Conjure and just yeah. on you personally, and then and then we'll get to get to abode. One thing I love about you, one thing that I've always appreciated about you is that you you actually really do involve God in your business. Mm -hmm. And you're pretty aware of 
your proclivities, your gifts, your strengths, what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, the things that cause you stress that's, stress that's not worth it. And you really do like have you've built this business around that. Um, but you also really do go to God um, in a real way about your business. Mm-hmm. Um, what is like like super practical? What are yeah. like what's it like for you to involve God in your business beyond just like, I got faith, I'm gonna do it. Like you talk to God about the most like practical details of your business regularly. I do. Yeah. Just about every day. Um, I just name it and claim it brother. And it just name it and claim it. I'm on a hot, I'm a 10 year hot streak. Name it and claim it. Um, decree and decree and declare that money decree and declare, decree and declare. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, man, I think like God opened the door. God brought in all these insane possible, impossible mm-hmm. circumstances. God brought these insane connections that I have. Like I have no business doing what I'm doing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really, you know, I, I kind of joke if I, if I was born in China, I'd probably be making shoes. Like I'm mm-hmm. a 3.0, just a, like average as they come. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms yeah, you're of pretty like, average. You know, I'd attest to that. You're pretty average. Just very, just very <laughs> average. I mean, like, you know, whatever. Um, and God has opened up every door. And mm-hmm. I find like when I go try to open them on my own, without even just talking to him first. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it usually doesn't work. Um, right. I usually come back to like straight and narrow. And I, I found myself complaining a lot over what God has given me over the years. Um, and coming back and God taking me through a long winding journey of gratitude and contentment in what he's given me and not comparing what I have, you know, to somebody else. And so for me, like I, I just... I stay in that place because that's where the security is. Um, I'm deeply dependent on God. Um, and so I just, I honestly, I just pray every day. Um, I'm not a good sales guy. I'm not a good business development guy. Um, I'm not a great person who can go out and like find business and find you know all what that you stuff. Are, you, you know what you are good at though? And I learned this from you. Okay. You, so don't think about the sales aspect of it and you come in hot with the pricing and do not apologize for it. And your perspective is like, I'm going for it and I'm not afraid to hear no. And, uh, I think that's a lot of the value that you bring because like, I learned that from you. Like I would always, I've always stressed about like, I don't want to push them away. I don't want to, you know, especially when you're putting together the kind of deals that you and I, you know, put together, Mm. it does feel very much like you get one shot at it. And if it's not agreed upon immediately, it could the deal could totally f- go away. And you're mm-hmm. just kind of like full send. This is what I think yeah, it's worth. This is cause what I think like, we can get. And and literally most of the time, people are just like, okay, yeah. Or they or they walk away, and it's like I'm not, if I go down to a lower price, then I'm going to be pissed off that I'm doing it for cheaper, and you're going to be more complaining and have more demands. And yeah. I wish I would have never taken the project on, and it's mm-hmm. end up going to be a negative profit job. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, we, each artist only works on maybe 15 to 20 projects a year. I don't need a lot of yeses. I need the right yeses. Right. So like, if you're telling me, no, you don't want to afford us fine. Or you don't have the budget fine. Like I don't take it personally. Um, but a lot of the artists don't believe that as well. So that's what I I was going to say. I've like let all those guys go that aren't, we're not synced together. You know, Well, that's what I, that's the next thing I was going to say is you've really, for lack of a better term, curated the people that you're in partnership with 
So you know that your artists know that you're not going to be selling them on. You're not going to. You're not going to just want to put them on any and every project that comes their way because mm-hmm. that's not the lifestyle that they've set up, and that's not actually how they want to monetize their artistic ability. So there's this yes, like mutual exactly. understanding. Um, and I know you and I have worked on that in the past. Where it's like we have some artists that are just like, I want to work on anything all the time at totally any price. Totally fear driven and totally fear driven and mm-hmm. um, I can't work with that it's yeah it, I mean I I'm I literally am led by faith right that God is 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 gonna provide and so the I guess to answer your previous question is I just pray for I pray and ask the Lord every day for open heaven and opportunities for all four of my artists and just mm-hmm. pray for their lives and pray for their financial blessing and um and I just contend for them and I just let God do his thing and when they kind of start getting itchy, I'm just like, man, I don't know. I'm praying for, I'm praying that God will open the doors. He's always provided. And, yeah. and everyone, everyone I work with is actually a Christian, which is kind of crazy mm. in this, in this industry. Um, but it's not like overly spiritual. Like I had one of the, my guys this week was like, we've been on like a really cold streak. And I just said, man, I just, I just woke up and I felt like something had shifted. Like I just had this mm. insane peace. And I said, man, I just believe it's going to be an incredible week. And I think he's got like five or six project leads this week. Um, mm. And he goes, dude, I'm, I I have always believed you about the, the spiritual, like praying for stuff. But he's like, I really believe you now. Like, mm-hmm. this is insane. Yeah. Um, so, man, I don't know. It's like if you hold it too tight, then you get freaked out. And it was like, man, it was never yours to begin with. So yeah. just, just hold it loosely. Hold it, but hold it loosely. Um mm-hmm. Take it light, but take it, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a, I can, I can wax on about a mm-hmm. ton of mm-hmm. that. More, so tell me about Abode. So we're going to do, <laughs> in August, we're going to do kind of a full episode dedicated to this. Um, yeah, that'd be but cool. give us like the, the, the quick teaser, like first, like what is it? And then how did you guys kind of get to this place? Because this is a really fun project. Yeah, so Abode is um, basically your digital home online. Uh, I think we all, every single person who participates on the internet, social media, you know, content consumption, content creation, all the things, like our lives are increasingly more digital, Mm -hmm. not less digital, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're all spinning all these digital plates. Like if I meet Michael Whittle for the first time, I'll Google him. And if you're super active online, like I'll see your LinkedIn, I'll see your Twitter, I'll see your Facebook, I'll see your Instagram, maybe I'll see your Spotify, I'll see, I'll see Vast, I'll see whatever on there. And it's like I have all these different, these different layers of who Michael Whittle is online. Mm-hmm. And you know, we I just started asking myself, like, we're spinning all these plates, but like what if there's one place, like one home that you could like look at Michael Whittle. And you could see everything, you could see all of Michael Whittle's interests because mm-hmm. we believe that like what you're interested in says a lot about who you are as a person. Yeah, It's like if you look at someone's car with a bunch of stickers on the back, you can tell who they are and what they're into very quickly. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. They're, all they are are icons, beacons for what they believe, what they're into, right. what they love. And I can tell a lot about you as a person by the bumper stickers on your car. Like I can tell a lot about you on the, yeah. as a person by the books you read, the music you listen to, the podcasts you follow, the videos you love on YouTube, the po- pictures you post on Instagram. Like, and and 
I may not know you, but I, I could have similar interests as you. And like, we could really connect on a really cool human level, which the internet was like that, you know, prior to really web two, yeah. you know, Facebook really took us to this, this new place where it was yeah. like really cool at the beginning. And then it got really weird quickly with advertising in the algorithm. Yeah. Right. Um, but before like the internet was just a bunch of nerds, like corralling around different pools of interest. Mm-hmm. And so we're basically like, what if we could create a place where I could see everything that makes Michael, Michael in one yeah. place, like one yeah. home. If I walk yeah. into your real life home, I see your art, I see your books, I see your, I see you got a, like a little cocktail bar over there. Like I see whatever and I can see everything. I may not know everything about you, but man, I'll, I'll get a good feel of who you are mm-hmm. and maybe want to get to know you even more. Right. Um, and so we just, we felt like, man, there's not a home base like on the internet that reflects who you are as a person. Um, you know, a lot of us have just really become like chum for the algorithm. Like yeah. we're, we're data points. We're not human beings online. And we see that in like the crazy separation online, you go on Twitter and it's just like the encampments on both sides are yep. crazy. And because those, get, those both sides get amplified beyond anything. Anything that's reasonable gets silenced and anything that's extreme gets amplified, right? Yeah, because the reality is like, you know, what if, uh, like, what's a, like, what's a good TV show? Like, I don't know. The like, Wire. Tom Cruise. I just saw Top Gun last night. Like, mm. phenomenal movie. Yeah. But like, you could be super far right and super far, far left. And both be into the new Top Gun movie. Yeah. Right? Hypothetically. What if what if you got to meet somebody and your first first connection point was that you both loved Top Gun? Right. Not one of you, not one of that the fact that one of you love Trump and one of you hate Trump. Right. Mm-hmm. Because like if we can find like a common human bond and ground of what we're both into or what we enjoy, like our lives would be like much different online. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like we are building what we view as and what we call as the digital home. Um, and, you know, our, our, we're on a mission really to just like make the internet more human because mm-hmm. the, the internet is getting less human, not, uh, not more human. Like I right. said, I think I use the term like we're chum for the algorithm. We're mm-hmm. human. We're data points. We're not human beings Got anymore. It. Um, so what if we could create like a little place that was more human focused yeah. than not? And it's not trying to like sell product. It's not trying to, it's just, it's at least in its first thing in, in terms of like my abode, right? Cause I set up, I go in, I would set up my abode and it's not necessarily like a center for commerce <laughs> for me to monetize myself. It really is right, exactly. essentially my personality on display, who I am in a way that maybe is not performative like a lot of the other social media platforms would be right correct yeah it's like i mean the sky's the limit of how we'll be able to monetize this thing um because we are starting a business like hey we're not starting a nonprofit. like we do need to create revenue but like could there be a more human way to create revenue where if there is a product or there is marketing product or whatever that it's it's genuinely a value add to your life. Yeah. Not like tricking you. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. You know what I mean? Like if you, I don't, my son who's seven plays Rocket League is like a video game. Like basically you have a car and you run around and it's like you play soccer, but with cars and <laughs> it's free. It's free to download like Fortnite. Um, but then like I saw my email and he had spent like 10 bucks on like custom Rocket League cars. And I was like, how the heck did you spend $10? Like, right. And it was like, you don't have to spend $10 to play Rocket League and enjoy it. But like, if you're really into it, mm-hmm. like then it's there and it's a value add to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So is this like- So, so um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're not getting too far down that. So that well, how did, okay, so like how did the genesis of it, like what did it start out as? What did the idea come from? And then what is it now? And yep. why did you guys make that? pretty strong pivot like give us that and then we'll like leave everybody waiting till august for the rest yeah and you can sign up for our uh wait list at uh, abode.social or get.abode.social um so that way you can be notified when we launch the beta and hopefully in august um so yeah last last winter i was just uh, i i started following nfts because i was really interested at than being potentially a revenue stream for my artists that we mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I started following those like late 2020 and re- really intrigued. I'm like, man, this technology is future. Very cool. I still think we're in the early days of, of NFTs. Um, but, you know, I, at the time I was thinking NFT art, like what do I do? What do I do with it when I buy a piece of artwork? Mm-hmm. You know, where do I display it? Can I display it? You know, right. Um, and, you know, there have since been like NFT galleries and things like that, that pop up, which are really cool and really neat. Um, but I just got me thinking to a bigger conversation. Like, what if there was a place like a home on the Internet that I could display everything that I was into yep. and everything that like made me me, including like NFT artwork. Right. Mm-hmm. Or if I start, you know, next time I go to Disney World, what if they give away free NFTs for being in the park that day? Like how yeah. it'd be really cool if I had a home to like display that in. Cause I'm like yep. really into, you know, I went to the masters a few years ago and I got this flag and I'm like, yep. what if they give me an NFT for going to the yep. masters? Like it'd be super dope if I had a place to display that. And so we started thinking as about opposed to, yeah, as opposed to just some crypto wallet somewhere. Or yeah. Or I'm going to post it on my Instagram. Like, yep. cool. Like yeah, right. who yep. cares? Um, and so, you know, I have like my, it's really messy, but I got like a bookshelf and I got all these like trinkets and stuff in here. Yep. And I'm like, I, people like displaying crap. Like it just, yep. because it says who they are, it's, it's mm-hmm. an indicator of who they are. And so uh, I was hanging with Dean, uh, Dean's son, Barn, um, Jake's brother. And I was like, man, what if we had to, like, what if you had this home? Uh, and I said, I would call it abode because it's like your humble abode. Like it's, it's who you are and you know me i'm very on the nose with stuff so mm-hmm. i was like that felt right and uh he's like dude that's insane we should build that um yep. so we started building it uh barn is a genius uh in every area of tech and business and and all that stuff so he's like dude i'll mm-hmm. build it no problem yep. so i was like great yep. and uh we kind of like lost our way a bit and we started just building like the, our own nft marketplace and ecosystem yeah. And then we realized how insular the NFT art community was, which yeah. I think is really cool. Um, but it just wasn't for us. Like we hadn't ever even bought an NFT. Like, right. So, it, and we weren't actually really interested in NFT art. Mm-hmm. So um, 
we're like, we would love to build a product for those people, but we should probably be those people. And we realized, First, man, yeah. what, what we want to do is we want to build a home for just regular digital citizens. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and our thing is like, we're like, we don't want to be the metaverse because you escape your real life to go to the metaverse. Right. And I said, I'm so out on that because technology is already an escape. Mm-hmm. So like, what if I could bring more of my real life into my digital life? Yeah. Because if I meet you online, like it's chances are it's in a Twitter thread or something of something that I'm not already agreeing with you on and that I, yeah. or I super agree with you on, but I don't actually like you as a person. Mm-hmm. We just mm-hmm. agree on this one take. And I'm like, it, it's just much less sort of like humanizing. Yeah, it's like humanizing your online presence versus trying we wanna make, to. We want to make the internet more human. Creating an avatar, which is like sort of that new idea, right? It's like, I can be whoever I want to be online. And that can be as different as I am in real life as I want. And this is sort right. of like, what if it, it was actually just an amplification of who we were in real life? Right. Um, I want to bring more of my physical into the digital, not escaping my physical into the digital. Yeah. Um, so that's that's where Abode came. And, and so our mission is to make the internet more human. So we, we really like, if you're watching this, you're like, dude, I love everything that y'all are saying. Like, then then you're perfect for abode like we believe it's for human beings so if you're a human on the internet abode is for you and you know our the vision behind the product is how do we make the internet more human well we we build a home for people to reflect their interests and connect with other human beings on a human level Mm -hmm. um so basically the product will work where you sign up for free and we have all these API integrations. You can, with one click, connect your Instagram account, your Spotify account, your YouTube account. Um, you can put your favorite books, your favorite sports teams, um, just general interests. And all of it will pre-populate into this really cool, like isometric 3D home. Um, yeah. And so everything that Michael's into will be displayed in this like really cool home. And one day you'll be able to customize it more. But you know, imagine you know if you love Elon Musk or you know, you love, you know, Taylor Swift, whatever. And like you went to their abode and maybe you follow them on Instagram or obviously on Spotify. If they're an artist, you get one segment of their life. But have you ever thought Mm -hmm. to go see like what they're reading? Like how cool would it be to see like what, what Elon's reading or what Elon's listening to or what Elon's watching? That's a good Um, point because, because with Twitter, let's say specifically, you just get people's ideas or just their yeah. thoughts but there's something more you don't really naturally go can, look look at them on another but if platform I can, but if matt and i disagree on twitter but then i can see their abode and go oh this is the playlist they were listening to today or this is uh well shoot we have a lot they, their you know, movies are my favorite more, movies yeah we have a lot more <laughs> in common than we think we do right uh-huh. yeah that's cool and when's it launching so our wait list is live now. You can sign up for that. And then What's the, the goal site? is to launch uh, abode.social. Cool. Abode.social. Um, yeah. So abode speaks to our vision. We want to build people, give people a home online and social is speaks to our mission of making the internet more human. So um, it's, it's going to be beautiful. Uh, the product is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, even in its beta uh, that we launch in August um, but you know, we're, we're in this for the long haul. We're going to, we're going to build it and see, see where it goes. We have no clue where it'll go. Um, you know, we've pivoted it a couple of times. We've built it completely from scratch in house with a couple of people. And, um, yeah, man, I, 
I think it could do some good. And I think people could really have fun with it and just go online just to have fun mm-hmm. and to, um, you know, not like have to monetize their, themselves and their interests and, and yeah. all that stuff. Like I could just go on and just be a human being and connect with other human beings. How refreshing. Yeah. Love that. Like in a, in a very fun, playful, like kind of lighthearted environment that's super safe and secure because, you know, we're not sharing and selling the metadata data. to people. Right. Um, cool. Dude. I love so, it. So yeah, man. Abode, abode.social. We'll head yep. you back on in August to talk more about it. If you're listening and you dig it, though, go to the website, sign up for the uh, invite list. What What is it? What are you calling it? Just the wait list. Just the wait list. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, and we'll head we you won't back really on. we won't email you really at all <laughs> until we like launch the beta. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll just kind of teach you how to use the product when we when we launch it. But it'll be very simple. Couple clicks and you'll be good to go. And you'll have this completely custom uh, 3D home for yourself. So love it. Cool. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you, dude. We'll definitely have you on again. And uh, we love you. We We love love you too. Love you. Thanks, brother.